Hello everyone, you're listening to United Nation of Fans by Sports Hosts, your podcast for the future of fan growth and engagement. All right, welcome into a new episode of the podcast. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern, and today I'm talking to Darren Walls, the CEO and founder of Sports Hosts. Darren, how are you today, sir? Fantastic, Tyler. I'm glad to be here. It's really, really good to talk to you, and today we're going to be talking about creating human connections and powerful experiences through the love of sports, which is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And so, uh, Darren, let's just dive in and uh, talk about how Sports Hosts is going about doing this. How are you creating these experiences and these connections uh, through sports? Well, we know sports dear to your heart because I think it took us 15 minutes to get to this podcast just talking <laughs> about sport. But, uh, and I think that sums up, uh, you know, most people that, that are sports fans. It's, it's something you'd, you'd much rather talk about than taxes or politics or, or work, right? It, it's a passion. And so because we have this passion is that what we do at Sports Hosts is we make sports more fun by allowing visitors and, and people that haven't seen the sport before to go to the sport with local passionate fans and, and share that experience. And, and the real kicker about what we do at Sports Hosts is that the host does it for free, right? So it's about authentic experience. It's really about connecting. So I think just picture, you know, imagine going to an El Clasico game, um, meeting up beforehand with locals, some having some red wine, going to the game with them, cheering, chanting, being in the seats, you know, and probably staying far too long, um, you know, later on in the night drinking it away, right? So that, that, that's the experience <laughs> we're talking about. And what's special about sports fans is that, we're so passionate we want to do this and we want to connect and sports fans all over the world um, can do this. So that that's the magic of it. I think in most other things that, you know, would I connect with a stranger? Would I do those sorts of things? It's it's probably not as, as driven when it's driven by passion such as sports. Right, right. Now, you know, I'm thinking about some of my favorite sports memories and they all revolve around uh, spending that time with with new people and learning about new cultures. Like I watched a lot of the 2010 World Cup in Greece with Greeks, and uh, they took me to a bar and we watched uh, Greece lose to Argentina, which was pretty expected. But that was an incredible experience and really gave me an insight into their culture and into who they were. And I felt like there was that connection there after that experience. And would you rate that as one of your, you know, one of your great memories in travel? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It, it was it was fantastic. You know, and and I think that sums it up. That that's that's exactly what we're we're trying to do. Is that, um, you know, what we where I came from, my background is is tourism and travel, and we were trying to crack this egg around authenticity because hey, no one wants to see your photos of the Eiffel Tower or you know you standing in front of something famous, right? Right. But but right. When, when you go out and you're having a beer with your friends, do they want to hear about a story when you were? you know, in Greece for the 2010 World Cup, you know, watching with Argentina, being at a bar, meeting these people. And you've probably got stories you're not going to tell on the podcast that are even better, <laughs> right? So, right, so, right. So these, these are the, you know, these are the experiences that we're essentially after that we're, when we're traveling. And, you know, it, it's one thing is going to the game, but the other thing that I've found personally by doing it is when you connect with people and you have a blast, they end up saying to you, hey, you've got to come and do this tonight. You've got to come and do this tomorrow. You know, and I've done crazy things. Where I've, I've been shooting in Texas. Now, I don't, <laughs> I don't even like guns, right? I'm not a gun person. But when in Texas, you, you've got to do what you've got to do. I've been, you know, seen indie bands in, in Toronto, in crazy clubs. You know, 
I've been to Indianapolis, which I thought I'd never go to in my entire life to see a Pacers game because I met a guy in Melbourne who, you know, we took to the races. So it's 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 one is the sport experience, but it's also the friends and and what opens up from that. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's a, there's an a, an angle of anthropology here as well. I would I would kind of guess because. In a way, the world feels smaller than ever, you know, when uh, with social media and with uh, being able to just Google something in an instance. But in another way, it feels like we've lost some of that uh, interpersonal communication and lost some of that uh, that connection with other human beings that this really provides when it comes to uh, when it comes to connections with people. And, it, and it's over that common bond of, of loving sports. Tyler, you're freaking me out because it's it's you're really reading the playbook of, <laughs> of how the, how this goes about. And I want to start at a really simple level and then take it to, to a much bigger level, is that sports fans today are, are global, right? And I was talking to you before, you know, you want to go to Dortmund, you want to be on the yellow wall, um, you know, you're an Everton fan, you know, you have teams all around the world, you you, you want to experience those. So just connecting with those fans and being able to make, make those friendships is exactly what you're talking about. But what you touched on is a really much bigger point that I think while we're connected digitally through the world, we've never been lonelier than ever. And um, the World Health Authority rates depression as a crisis. And one of the things that one of the, a lot of the recent studies have been saying about depression is that the lack of human connection, right? Um, and so this is, this is it. You can go anywhere. You can get off a plane and you can, you can be, you know, with friends in a bar in any country, you know, through sport. Um, and you could host them, which has happened to me. I've hosted them in my home country and then gone and seen them in, you know, there. And so if you're an Everton fan, you could host Everton fans here and then go travel over. And that connection changes, uh, seriously changes travel and, and has changed my life in the sense that it's, it's just so exciting knowing that as there's 3.5 plus billion sports fans in the world, we can change the way we interact in the world just because we're sports fans. Right? Yeah, and you know, the, these days it seems like, um, I don't want to get too philosophical, but it does feel like uh, the focus is more often on the things that divide us and make us different as human beings as opposed to the things that unite us and bring us together. And when you talk about that staggering number of, of sports fans around the world, it reminds me just that we all do have some common loves and some common interests, and that is sports, and that really can be a thing that unites people and brings people together as opposed to something that is divisive like so many other things that we experience nowadays. Uh, that's, that's right on. That's exactly it, right? And, um, you know, it's bigger than any race, religion. Um, it's bigger than any country, you know. And friends of mine were like at the, the Mexico-US game straight the day after Donald Trump was, was put in power. And people just connect. But that, that's just the beauty of sport, right? It's a... Uh, you can go to a game and just be, you don't even have to share similar teams or like when you're traveling, it's just that, that the fact you're engaged, right? It doesn't care what race, religion, gender, preference, economics, right? That's that's all out the window, you know? And it, it's the one place where where people hug strangers, right? Like, you know, right, right. <laughs> if, you, if, if you're watching one of those great moments in life, you know, uh, and every sports fan stop right now, and think about what is your great one, right? Where, where you just saw your team win or you saw someone do something spectacular, right? You, you, the feelings and the hugging and the high fives of strangers, right? <laughs> it's every, every sports fan should have got chills up their arms if they stopped and actually thought for a second about what is their, some of their favorite moments, right? And, and that's where sports right. breaks boundaries. We, 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 we would do, 
you know, we, we cross over in all of those things just because we, we share those experiences. Absolutely. And now I'm, I'm thinking about this now and kind of, uh, I, I guess, turning it around a little bit, that this is also a, a great inroad for, for teams and for organizations to really look and say, okay, you know, through a program like this and, and, and through what you're doing at Sports Hosts, it's a way to open ourselves up to, you know, people from other countries, from other cultures. And that's a great way to increase uh, fanhood around the world, not just in your local market. Yeah, and, and look, we, we work with the San Francisco Giants, the Brooklyn Nets, um, the New York City FC in the States, and we've only been in America for four months now and work with teams in Australia, in the AFL and, and so forth. And the, the thing is that sport is now hyper-competitive, right? Um, not only are you competing, you know, 1990s, 1980s was about being the biggest in your nation, you know, in America and competing and, and so forth. Now it's, it's, it's global and everyone, every like we said, sports fans are, are global now, so everyone's competing. But then you add in esports, you add in women's sports. I mean, look at the the um, women's World Cup and its ratings on television in America. You know, last time round, uh, better ratings than than the Super Bowl. Someone could correct me on that, but I remember reading a fact somewhere along those lines. Right? This is a hyper competitive world that that teams find themselves in now. And we see with some of the, the sports in America have got ageing fan bases. So the thing about um, sports teams and with sports hosts is that the fans can connect people again, right? And the fans are the true heart of the team. Like, seriously, if you, if you didn't have the fans cheering, you know, in English Premier League and chanting those amazing chants, would you really want to go, right? It, it, it's just a, right, right. A, a, a spectacle, right? So this really allows, sports host allows the, the fans to bring in new fans and have that human connection. And once you connect, and what we find at sports host is that people come back, right? And they'll come back to the games and they'll keep coming because they know people there, you know. So it's you're connecting on the sport and you're falling in love with the sport, but you're also, you're also getting a social connection. And the research with the teams that we work with is that the, especially in America, they're getting booms when the teams are performing, but they're, they're getting really drop-offs from the fans when they're not. And bigger than they always did, it's getting, it's getting worse. The stickability, because we've got so much to watch, fans are going everywhere. And once you have that social connection, it's, it's more to go to a game, right? It's, it's, it's easy to say, hey, I'm going to go because I know some people, right? So we're a way of, for teams to really work and, and bring in new fans and the, to allow the fans to do that, right? And what it does is means that the teams are getting a network effect. Their fans are building their, their, their own fan base. And one of the things that I'll just finish on because I could go on forever was if you don't allow your fans to do this and let your fans deeply engage with the team, you'll have what happened in the English Premier League where tourism became so big that the fans were actually getting really pissed off, right? Right, tick, right. Tick, ticket prices were going up. So we had the 2015 strikes in the, the you know, fan strikes in the Premier League and so forth where um, and there was no chanting because they're saying like it's dead, right? We, you know, so so when you mix people together and allow them to come together, you've got to learn the chants, you've got to have some fun, you've got to be part of it, right? It builds it builds the soul of the team from the fan base up, right? Rather than all this corporate stuff where it's just about sponsors and, and you know, high ticket prices for, for, for people, right? It allows the fans and the soul of the team to remain. And, and that's why we go. And that's why you said going to Greece and so that, that's what's why we do it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of what you're describing to me sounds like um, like hosts are able to feel like they have a little bit of uh, maybe ownership is the right word. They feel like they have a stake in it when um, they're able to introduce the game to, to new people or introduce people to their favorite team, that there's there's a sense of ownership almost that they begin to feel then for their local club because they're a part of building that fan base rather than just being a fan. That's exactly it, right? And the question we'll get from, from some people is, why would I host? Why, why would I host for free, right? And what's surprising, because we thought about that question as well and we thought this idea is pretty flawed. Um, and so when we tested it, we went to 7,000 sports fans um, through the Australian Football League and asked them and 41% said, bang on, we're, we're in, we want to do this for free. Another 37% said maybe and 22% said not for me. And when we test that in America, it's just slightly higher, right? Americans are even more more keen on this. And what we found out is just what you said. The first thing that people want to do is they want to share their passion and they want to show people what they consider the greatest sport. They want to show off, right? Um, and then it's it really comes about they start meeting friends and that reciprocation and, and traveling and so forth. But also with the teams that we work with, we have rewards and recognition. And so people get to do stuff and be heard within their club. Um, so their stories, their videos get told through the club. We, they get invited to special events and, and different things. So it, it's really about bringing, and, and sports hosts, not just about teams bringing new fans in, it's about engaging the current fans and allowing them to be part of it in the way that you talked about and, and get some things. So, and that's the really special part of about it. And to, to think of, even if you're 30, you've probably been going to the game for for. 15 years mm-hmm. with the same five to 10 friends, right? So, and <laughs> right. They're, they're sick of your stories. So when, when you get new people to come with you, you can tell them all the stories again. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point, actually. All, all of your jokes are funny and all of your stories are brand new. Uh, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's a really a really appealing aspect. Uh, it's a fun aspect. <laughs> you you kind of hit on this a little bit in your last answer, but I want to flesh it out in a little bit more detail. Just the... Um, the relationship that exists uh, that sports hosts helps foster um, between team and host, is, is that something that, that is encouraged and is kind of part of what you do? Sure, sure. And, you know, anyone can host from any sport anywhere, So, it, but we have team partners, right? So, um, And the team partners is where we work with the team and the team really helps us communicate to, to their fan base. And what it really does is make the fans feel trusted, right? Because if you're a San Francisco Giants fan and you get a communication from the San Francisco Giants, because who's ever heard of this sports host, right? <laughs> uh, so all of a sudden you go, okay, that's not, something I can trust, right? So that, that that's important for us. But what we educate the teams about and what we, we you know, and it is an education process, um, is we bring fans in and do um, focus groups before we ever start with the team and we have independent people from New York University or San Francisco University we use to come in and and take these focus groups and let the fans tell us about. Now, we have no idea what they're going to say, right? So they could say, what a crap idea, right? And and then, of course, the team's never going to work with us. But that, that's never happened because um, fans love it, right? And the thing about bringing them in and doing the focus groups gives them a voice in the program. And this is the education part for the teams where we educate the teams that this is a fan up strategy. It is not a corporate down, right? So we tell the teams we don't need players going out and saying, hey, you've got a host or teams telling people we've got a host because that's not what it's about. It's about giving the fans a voice and letting them take the program themselves 
and then making sure that the teams are communicating the fan stories. And, you know, when you see your own story, you know, whether it's on a big screen or whether it's in a social media coming out from your team, right? That, that I've seen people in tears over that. Right? So it it really deeply engages fans. And one of the, the things we love too is we do parties and we've had we've had players come along to, to those parties the fans have never known about and they're with travellers. And when you see a room of 100 people and, you know, 50 are from overseas and 30 are local fans all having beers at a game, talking and things, it's just wild, right? So it allows people to enjoy the game in a new way as well. Yeah, I, I, I love the idea, and I, I love the, the concept of doing this, uh, but how, how was this initially received by the marketplace? Did people uh, immediately see the benefit of it, or has it been a process over time of the concept proving itself to be effective? Uh, it, it immediate, right? The, we, I seriously thought this hosting idea was flawed, right? And when we got those survey results, we went, oh, my God. So we did trials, live trials in Australia and the U.S., so that's when 2016, I was telling you, I came over and saw my very first sport event was a Rangers game, right? Um, and then we went to Toronto, New York, LA, and, and, and so forth and trial this. Getting hosts has been easy. Hosts, for sports fans, love it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's been hard for us is, is getting the visitors, not as soon as they know about it, they, they jump on it. It's just that we didn't have those channels within those, uh, the communication channels in those markets, and we, we're building that now. We've never had a host put up their hand and, and not um, have a guest to go with, um, so we can proudly say that. But but our hard side has been just getting our communication channels into the to the visitor markets. But from a sports perspective, it's our hosts over ninety percent host again, right? And the ones that haven't hosted again are like, yeah, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, right? But <laughs> you know, uh, and we don't expect anyone's going to host their whole life, right? It's going to be a period in your life. Go, hey, this is really good fun. And no one's going to host every week either, right? You're going to host a couple of times a year or, you know, something along those lines. Um, So it's just been so well received. Um, And we've got people traveling. This is my favorite stuff. People have made best friends. People have got other people's jobs. People have traveled over to other people's countries. Um, And when you hear those stories, you're just like, this is awesome, right? It's really cool. Well, uh, Australian Open 2020, uh, are you going to host me? Are we going to go? Uh, you, we would love to host yes. <laughs> I, I don't, You've never been, right? No, I ne- I've never been, and I need to change that. It's one of the greatest events in the world, and and uh, and I'm saying that sure as an Australian and a passionate Australian, but seriously, it is it is massive. It is just one of the you know big events of the world. So come over, you will have the biggest party of your life. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it already. I'm going to have to start uh, start saving up and uh, start planning now, but that sounds like an incredible experience. Darren Walls, CEO and founder of Sports Host. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today, sir. Thanks, Tyler. And it was so good talking to someone that is so passionate about sports as well. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Thanks again. <laughs>